Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One cutie. <laughs> One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. Only <laughs> a part-time cutie. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's an, it's an antagonism. That's good. I'm so happy you finally said cutie. I'm, I, you're just overwhelmed by it. Now I'm going to have to change it. To something, to something antagonistic, I hope. Antagonistic. Antagonistic. That's like, yeah, that's when a phantasm is antagonizing you. You better watch out for that. It's dangerous. Batman, Mask of the Antagonism. Did you even finish the intro? Good God, I, man. I, I did. I finished it. Okay. Hello, Handsomites. Gentle listeners. Throw Robbie a curveball. He just falls to pieces. <laughs> I, yeah. Impro- improvisation is not necessarily my strong suit. So, Eric. So, Robbie, how you, how doing? you doing? Oh, oh man! Simultaneous trouble. asking. It's amazing. I'm good. Okay, I am. I am doing well. In addition to you being well, and there's wellness, health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mario Maker. Oh goodness. We'll talk about that in a bit. Been wearing a Mario shirt in uh, in celebration of Mario Maker Day. Did you buy it on the day it was released? Mm-hmm. I did on the 11th of September. Yes, that is that is indeed a day. It was Mario Maker Day, is that, and it will always be remembered for being mm-hmm. Mario Maker Day. The the only thing significant that has ever happened on the 11th of September. Oh wait, <laughs> shit! <laughs> Mario Maker can't melt steel beams. Um, that's excellent. So we are going to be reading Rat Queens for Nerd Boy Book Club. Uh, well, actually, we already read it. We're going to be discussing it. I should say. I, I, oh, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good distinction. It's not just going to be like an hour of us sitting here quietly, mm. just reading comics. Yeah, I'm like, oh, look at this panel. That's really nice. I like that. Look at that axe. That's a nice axe. Nice art. Yeah. Uh, we got. We got. I, oh. I was gonna. I was gonna make. I was gonna make double entendre. You had to just stamp yeah, peed past that. Oh, sorry. We never. We, there will be not another opportunity for that. No, of course not. Never. I'll be able to say, what a sweet axe. Yes, there is that. Uh, I, I'm going to talk about Mario Maker for a long time. Uh, I, I, I welcome this. But before all that, we have uh, some comic books, new comic books, to talk about. You ready for that, Eric? Okay, now I'm ready. Okay, good. It is time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books... Tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, we're smart fellas. You should listen to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of dramatic pausing. I'm wait, trying to buy time for my comicsology. <laughs> I think that they 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 booby trap uh, like iPads that when the new the new one comes out, like the old version just gets like twenty five percent slower. Yes, explodes. I think yeah. it feels like. Right, like, like, like a quarter of the RAM just like, like 
it just it, like the ram just decreases by a power of two. It just like lights into fire and explodes. I, it certainly feels like it because it's I'm I have cleared off as much space as I possibly can, and it is I don't know. Our first book this week is Bitch Planet number five, written by Kelly Sudaconic, art by Valentin De Leandro, colors by Chris Peter, Clayton Cowles on letters. Um, I think we reviewed every. Have we reviewed every single Bitch Planet, Eric? I think we have. Do we skip it's, four? It's. It, I don't think we've skipped any. Yeah. It's, uh, because three was the one that was mostly about what's her name? Is it Penny? I thought it was two. Was the, it? No, 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 it was I, three. You're right. You're I'm, right. Al- I'm almost right. positive You're it's right. three. It's we three. We had two solid issues, and I was down on three, and four was like a return to form, and now we're here. Now here we are. Here we are, and uh, it's very good. I I like it. It's kind of sad and crushing. I you can't have too much happiness in at Bitch Planet. What are your thoughts, Eric? Oh, you know, bitches be crazy. <laughs> More like, less like. Where are you? No like, zero like, negative like. Honestly, I I am. I I have weird feelings about this one. Like I kind of want to like it more than I do. Like I don't think it's bad. I think we're finally starting to see the meat to this story. You know, we've mm-hmm. got a good hook, and it's the end of this story arc. It definitely leaves me wanting more. I don't know. What don't you know, Eric? I I don't know. It you, I feel it's, really, an un, it's an unknown unknown. Oh no! It it is an it is exactly a double unknown. It's a double plus unknown. Oh no! I'm I uh, have no misgivings. Uh, I I am full on board. I like this uh, comic. It is still very good. I still stand by that it is Kelly Sue's best comic. Oh, I uh, I don't necessarily disagree with anything of that. I just kind of don't just want to say that every time. <laughs> I I want I want to have a unique opinion on this, and okay, I don't know. I feel like that it is successfully raising the stakes. It is. I I feel like I feel tension rising and it it successfully has communicated like the like for a couple issues there it was just you know the, the all the women kind of succeeding at what they're attempting to do and here you see them fail and i that's good it, it keeps the tension level and keeps the element of danger and threat there and i think that's important in this mm-hmm. book especially um i still think it looks great um uh, especially i like uh it's I, I, again, I am repeating myself and saying that it's really good. And it's, yeah, well, I think we, we might get a little bit too much of that. We are also going to be talking about Miss Marvel, right? <laughs> we are indeed. I don't think I'm going to say anything insightful about that other than just like, oh, oh, oh. But, uh, Bitch Plan number five is great. I think honestly is good. Like it has, successfully worked as single as a single issue comic book you know and in serialized form i think it'll be even stronger in trade mm-hmm. um but if i assume the trade will be out next month if it's following normal image unless they're doing six issues depends i guess this seems like a good cliffhanger for the end of a you know a trade. Well, it says it says end of uh whatever at the end of it doesn't it i don't remember let me get to it i remember say where is it yeah end of volume one at the end of uh ah. The okay. story. Well, there you go. So I, I'm, I'm going to take them at their tra- word. Yeah, and the, and next month they should have we'll have a trade for it. And uh, so if you have by you know by some reason have not been reading this, 
uh, by the trade next month. But this is a very good comic I'm going to buy. Surprise decision. I'm a double do not buy. Oh, by yourself. Yeah, by myself. I, I hate it that much. I don't know. I wish I was, uh, I had stronger feelings about it one way or the other. But I mean, it's, it's a solid and logical conclusion and it makes me want to read the next one. It's, it's bitch planet. Um, and you already know how you feel about it or you need to read it. That's really the bottom line about it. Yes. And if you, and if, and if you, and if you dislike it, we're probably not friends. I think that's, that's kind of the right thing here. I don't know. I'm definitely a buy on it, but I, I don't like, I don't like that being the default decision. It feels like, it just feels like, oh yeah, of course I'm a buy, but that's exactly how it is. So that is a double buy on Bitch Planet number five. Uh, next up is my iPad crashing. Uh, that's not, don't do, double do not buy on that shit. So it is rebooting as we speak. How how could we possibly work in dumber computers into this podcast? You probably find a way. I'm gonna I'm gonna go get me a 386, and we're gonna podcast from it. 50, we'll Skype over a 56k connection. All right, back in business. Next comic is Headlopper number one. Let's see, written. Let's see, write writer artist colors on part three. Andrew McLean, Mike Spicer colors on part one and two. Headlopper is a quarterly adventure comic. Uh, it's meaning it's what? How many pages? It, a lot. Many pages. It was. It was very. It had many pages. It, it's you know it's, it's very pagerific. Extra extra large sized. Uh, extra length has a, a, quite a sizable chunk of story in it. It, mm-hmm. it does a lot. It introduces characters. It, it gives you like the hooks and the kind of the stakes and the setting and all and all kinds of that stuff. You get a, a lot of story in this, and it's honestly and for a couple dollars more, it's like six dollars, and you get three times the size of a normal comic, if not more. Um, but it's a kind of like a. It feels like a. I don't, I'm trying to think of like something I could relate it to. It, it's, you know, a barbarian kind of adventure, Conan style thing. I was thing. gonna say, if you don't say Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, it's, and. It's got, it's got some Game of Thrones in there too, for sure. Yeah, it, yeah, and, uh, even a little bit of like the humor of an orc stain. Mm-hmm. Th- there's a huge amount of, uh, Brandon Graham and, uh, uh, oh God! Why can't I Stoko. think of Stoko's name? There's, there's definitely some some Stoko Graham influence in there. Uh, and but you are following. Uh, we are following around the so-called Headlopper. He, mm-hmm. he introduced. He calls himself Norgal, but everyone calls him the Headlopper. Uh, he is, and the I guess the supporting character is the head of a witch or a hag or a sea witch or something. I'm not the blue witch. Blue witch. There you go. Who uh is actually kind of funny. I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty. It's, a, it's an interesting foil <laughs> that he just punts her head around and gives her the hands of monsters to eat to chew on. Yeah, Agatha. Her she has a name. Agra. Agatha. Because that's the perfect. Uh, that's the perfect witch name. But you know, and yeah, like uh, Eric mentioned, there is some kind of intrigue, like you would see in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. You know, there's monsters and weird ghoulish guys, and it's it's not super serious like Game of Thrones is. It no, it's, it's pretty silly at times, especially with the witches. Ted just 
yelling out "Wee!" <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta tell you though, I am like, I'm so on board. No, it's really good. I'm, I'm abs. I decapitated my robot in, uh, in anticipation of this book. No, it, it's a lot of fun. It's, it balances that all, all those things really well. Uh, it, it honestly is funny. It is really nice to look at. The like the action is really fun. It reminds me. The action actually reminds me of like um, Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Kind it, of. It is kind of a Samurai Jack story, isn't it? Yeah. Particularly this story here at the end, where he's just sort of hopping around, and weird chameleon men start trying to kill him. Yes. Like that's that absolutely would happen in Samurai Jack. He's gonna he's gonna encounter the Scotsman before too long. And. I, yeah, buy. It's, and honestly, for a couple, it's maybe $6, I believe was the price. And mm-hmm. you get a bunch of content for that $6. It's, it's, it's easily worth it. It really is a weird decision to make it a quarterly book. It seems like putting it out, like each of these stories monthly would have been, cause you'd just be getting a book in front of people more often. I think there is a, a case for doing a quarterly book because, because it's bigger. Mm. And it, you know, it, it I will think that stand I, apart on the shelves maybe more and things like I, that. I, I don't know. I, I get that, but I think that you, you kind of only get exposure for that one week to one month and then it sort of gets put on the back of the shelf or taken off or sent back to the publisher or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know. This is a good book. I hope a lot of people start talking about it. Um, I'm very excited for it. I will be very eager to see the next three issues because it's it's four Mm -hmm. it's a collection of four right just i don't know i think we need more stories like this it's 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 great but i also kind of want what's best for him i want it to do as as well as it can and i just don't know if this is like the exact right format for it either way i am a buy Mm -hmm. of course yes so, Double by Headlopper, number one. That's a great name, too. It's a great name, Headlopper. Well, it's, you know, it's no Witch King, but, you know, it's pretty good. <laughs> our third book, our next book, is Atomic Robo and the Ring of Fire, number one. Uh, words, Brian Clevenger, art, Scott Wegner, colors, Anthony Clark, letters, and design, Jeff Powell. Um, how familiar are we, you with Ro- Atomic Robo? None. I've uh, only seen name, and that's about it. I, I am... Maybe a smidge more than that, in that I've glanced at it. Mm-hmm. I've not, from all accounts, I've heard it's really good. Everyone I've ever heard talk about say it's very good, but and it's kind of in the vein of that of like you know super science adventure story with a mm-hmm. robot and all that stuff. Um, this is kind of taking it, doing a time jump kind of thing with actually the with Robo them the the rest of the team trying to reclaim. Robo, who has, I guess, been sent back in time, and then and they need to find where he stored himself, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, secretive government things are happening, all that. Uh, where do you stand, Eric? Do you like it? Did you like this? I, I think that it's well-crafted. Um, it's relatively clear what's, you know, why, I, well, to an extent. I, I understand what's going on. I kind of feel like this is, it's not an amazing place to jump in because I can only sort of react to it on like a trope sort of level. Like, oh, these are the government people and they're angry about something. And 
I, I don't know. You, you, you piece together some things. You get an idea of what's going on. I don't, I, I felt a little bit kind of not, not, it's not quite as confusing as when we read, uh, they're not like us. Right. Number seven. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not quite that bad because I think everything that you said, I, I, I got as well, but I think I'm getting a real glossed over version of it. Like I think I'm supposed to have some understanding or attachment to all these characters and I've got none. It all sort of falls a little flat for me. Um, it is well crafted. The art is a little on the naive side, but it is still well done and tells the story very well. If not, um, perhaps a little, it's a, perhaps it's a little sterile. You know, it's a lot of standing around and pointing at things and talking heads and stuff. Do but you, it's not, it's not bad. Do you feel like any curiosity to go back and read it, all that, all the stuff? I mean, there, it's been running for a long time, so there's a lot of it's yes. on Grobo out there. Do you feel like, does it do that? Does it make you feel like you want to, should go read all the stuff that preceded it? This particular issue, I'll, I'll, um, I'll give you my normal complicated answer. Okay, good. I, uh, I don't know that I'm that intrigued because it, does feel like nearly everything that's happening in this book is more of a trope than anything. But the fact that it is so long, it's been around for so long and it is pretty well done. Just sort of the fact that it exists and has existed for so long and it is of this quality, despite some of my misgivings, makes me take interest in it. You know, I don't think that this is a stellar standout issue, but it is of a good quality, and I'm interested sort of on that level. I'm, I could easily walk away from this particular issue because it's like, okay, here's a, a, a viral outbreak and giant robots. And I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of a story about tropes, I suppose. Agree or disagree with that? No, I agree with you in in, in the broad sense. I, again, I I also only have a very vague sense of what Atomic Robo was, mm-hmm. and this story, like you said, is executed well. Like it's confident. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. You know what's happening. And the fact that you know they can tell this story with to both of us, and we kind of basically understand it. I mean, in I think it relies on those tropes to carry the weight of that. And I, I don't think I'm not sure if it would work in any other way because including more more specific information about characters and their history would just bog a new reader down. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I'm curious. Like I, I think I was I was kind of curious about Atomic Robo to begin with, and that's kind of why I picked this book for us to read and check it out and see how well it did as a number one. I don't know if it's it it does a good enough job. I think. If you go, I, I, honestly, I think people who are fans of Tom Robo are already buying this comic, but I'm, I, again, I, I think it, relaunching this as a new number one also is trying to serve a function as making people curious about the history. And I'm, I am curious. Um, I'm, I'll say I'm a buy just like a four, Mushmeter four. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't even think I'd go that high. Okay. I would, I would maybe go two. Ooh. All right. All right. So. That is a double buy, Mushmeter 3 for Atomic Robo and the Ring of Fire, number one. Our next book is our only DC book of the week. It is Batman, number 44, a story by Scott Snyder, written by Scott Snyder and Brian Azzarello, art by Jock, colors by Lee Leffridge, letters Darren Bennett. Um, 
this is a kind of a one-shot kind of story uh, set before what is happening in the current Batman storyline with Bruce Wayne being just like a advocate and working in like soup kitchens and stuff or something or for homeless people and with uh, Gordon being Batman, Robo Batman. Um, this is a kind of a, a, a flashback to kind of introducing the current villain, which is Gloom. What's, what's his name? Bloom. Bloom. That's his name. He's like a plant thing, sort of, from what I've seen. Um, I was intrigued because I've always enjoyed Jock's art, mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted to see how he'd do in the mainline Batman book. Um, are you plus my, I mean, we've always been kind of just kind of lukewarm on this whole series, which has yeah. tons of fans and so many people love Scott Snyder's, this Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman. Uh, and- I, I wonder if it's, I, I'm, I'm like, I wonder what the weak element for me is, whether it's, um, the Capullo or not, because this feels so much more legitimate. Did you say, that uh, this was co-written with Azarello? Yes. Well, yeah. Yes. This- I, th- I think that there's something to say for that as well. Um, cause it feels, it feels like a game to me. Like this is, this, this could easily be awful. This is, this is the Batman Trayvon Martin crossover. It could be <laughs> the worst thing you've ever read. And it manages to feel like the best Batman comics that we've read in a very long time. It feels like that to me. It feels like good, rich art and writing that doesn't make me want to hang myself. Well, it's, it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I've thought about it a little bit about why I just can't get into all, you know, the, the Snyder's Batman. Mm-hmm. And I don't, this is not big and like trying to be important. It's like, it's dirty and kind of like Batman being a detective and, you know, solving a murder, a weird murder. And you, the mystery in it is actually pretty good and compelling. Like, and what, how it happened and, you know, him, him encountering the different villains and like all of them ruling themselves out. Like, no, of course it, it wasn't me and, and things like that. Jock's art is really good. Um, yeah. As it, as it typically is. As it typically is. And, it, and you mentioned the Trayvon Martin thing, the, you know, police brutality and, and, uh, stuff like that. This is doing it with a subtle enough touch that's not, that, that's like the, the, the action comics that has been doing the similar Superman versus the police kind of thing. It wasn't subtle whatsoever. And this is not super subtle, but it's definitely more subtle. And I, again, I, I think I do like this more than what we've been seeing from the normal bat. I think it's just because it's more grounded. I think that is mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think that's I mean, I the writing I think is solid. I don't I don't know if I could pinpoint being that I think it's a little different just because Azarello is there. Um I I've never really had a problem with Capullo's art. I do I think I like just by my personal taste, I like Jock's style more. Um but this reminds me more of those detective comics that, you know, the Manipal and Buccioletto books mm-hmm. where they were more centered around Batman just being kind of street level Batman and not fighting the Joker in a collapsing cave kind of thing. Let, you know, let, let me ask you this. I'm going to assume that sort of like me, you're probably your biggest introduction to Batman. Probably the thing that made you the most interested in Batman as a character 
was the Batman the Animated Series. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, and yeah, I, I, I think that that is, I mean, that, I think for many of us, and I'm, this is kind of a no duh thing, but I'm, I guess I'm, I'm going to try and go somewhere with it, that it, it, it was our introduction and it, it is sort of Batman done right. And I'm not really sure. It's, it just, it just seems like everything is going off the rails, whether it's the movies or whether it's, trying to put Batman on this grand, like, Justice League stage. Like, it just, I don't know. I just sort of don't care for it. Well, I I think, I actually, this kind of came to me the other day. I was thinking about this, where I, I see this pop up all the time, and I think it's kind of uh, trying to bring the argument, like, against Batman, to make it too, much too simple about how, oh, he's a billionaire, him beating up vigilantes and it's kind of like making Batman like he's a, a conservative, you know, figurehead or something where he's mm-hmm. like beating up like poor people who are just trying to survive. And the bat Batman isn't in the real world. It's, this is not like he's fighting like the scarecrow and the Joker and Bane. Those are not. It, are, are you sure this isn't real? I'm fairly sure, but that's, I think the, well, that's, that's Trayvon Martin in it. That guy, that guy's, I'm pretty sure he's real. He never grew wings. Um, Ah, but DC, we are off, we are constantly bombarded with the opposite where we are told like those, all those Nolan Batman movies, this is the real world. Batman is just in it. Like in, or, you know, or even the current for a lot of Batman in the new 52 in the justice league, like it's set in like the new 52 in general's direction for a long time was. This is real. This is like real world superheroes dealing like they would in real life. And it's a mixed message there. Batman works in a comic book world. He does not, he works in the, like you mentioned, the Batman animated series, that weird pseudo noir, mm-hmm. pulpy setting. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. when you move that around it and, and constantly tell us, look at Batman as if he was a real Person. I think that's that's part of what the gritty stupidity is all about to try and make everyone like a like a a heroin addicted child rapist, you know, like trying to ground it in that is is trying to put a little too much real world ugliness in it, often to almost comedic effect. Yeah, I don't know, but I like this. I'm a, I'm a buy on this issue. I don't, I, I saw some stuff about, uh, Bloom in, you know, online, and it seems like he's a pretty interesting new villain. Um, and I think after, I think Snyder unofficially is gonna end his run at, at episode, at issue 50. Um, I think we should kinda, when it's all over, kinda take a look, you know, take a long view at it, maybe we can even kinda get closer to our thoughts on it as a whole. I wouldn't mind book clubbing it just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm going to enjoy it. No, probably not, but I, I feel like it's the same reason I kind of want to do Grant Morrison's Batman to kind of get an understand, (laughs) get an understanding of how I feel even, even if I don't like it. I think, I think knowing the way that shit turned out, I think that was all Magneto being Zorn. Oh, Oh, that whole thing. Retcon. Retcon. Done, sweetheart. I'll never be done. I'm not talking to you, Eric. Are you sure? I'm sure. Um, I, I'm a buy. You're a buy? Of course. Of, co- of course. Of course. A double buy on Double Batman. Double buy on Batman number 44. Our final book of the week is Miss Marvel 18, the second to last issue before it 
just comes back after Secret Wars. Um, where's the credits? There it is. G. Willow Wilson is writer. Adrian Alfana art. Ian Heron colors. Joe Caramagna on letters. My God, this is such a, like, you, you mentioned already earlier. Oh yeah, we're just gonna say the same things we always say about Miss Marvel, but it's yeah, so I don't have, good. I don't have, any, I don't have anything smart to say about this other than I just want to fucking hug it. It's so good. Like I, yeah, I, her and in Captain Marvel together is mm-hmm. great. The, like and it nails the family stuff mm-hmm. so well. Like it's perfect. Like I and the little even like and it works really well. It has a serialized comic. Like, it, she, Wilson, she really ma- gives you a reason to come back every single week. Every single comic ends with, like, a thing. You're like, wow, I need to read the next one. And I, as a jaded comics fan, that can sometimes be hard. But this, like, it, getting you invested in this character, it makes you care about, the like, these things that pop up at the end. And it's, and it's even, like, the, the, her conversation with Cap about, you know, this may not be, like, don't, you know, the zombie apocalypse would be something that you should, the thing you should be, you, you have to worry about here is nothing. Like, everything just vanishes. I, it, it's just, and it has worked better than anything else in putting us at ground level for, like, this is the first time I think I've actually cared, like, at a ground level about an average person with the events of Secret Wars, with, you know, the, the incursion events and all that. Like, we've seen that at such a broad level with the Illuminati and, and the Cabal. But here, it's just like, there's people on the street not knowing, Miss Marvel, like, a character we care about, like, trying to deal with, what do I do in this situation? It's kind of like realizing that, uh, it's, kind, it's, it's kind of like uh, all the stuff happening in the background of uh, Watchmen, you know? It's, it's almost like this book is... Uh, like all the people arguing on the street and the newspaper dealer and the little kid reading the comic book. And it, 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 that's kind of the first thing that it makes me think of that we're seeing all that other big stuff affecting these people that we feel so much for. I'm glad they're not all dead. No, it's, it's Let's be sad. No, I, I, yes, I really like that at the end, this is just coming back to her and her family. Like mm. I, they, like that is the thing I think that is, Gosh, I'm so I'm I'm actually very interested to see the last issue of this and see what happens to her because she's gonna be she's a, be a big deal when the new universe launches that mm-hmm. all new all different she's she's an Avenger she will be an Avenger it's be fun but and Adrian Alfana's art is great it's always great in this book but it's great right Eric no it's terrible <laughs> and anyone that likes it is wrong Uh-oh. no it's 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 delightful. And anyone that dislikes it is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a buy. If it's not clear. And what else is there? What there is no there is no do not buy for Miss Marvel. Yeah, it's a yes. bi- It's no there's no binary. It is only buy. There's so. a mangled Yoda quote in there somewhere. But uh, so Miss Marvel 18 double buy. Uh, I mean, it's great. It's been great. It's always will be great. Right, Eric. It's the greatest. Um. Any, you read anything else this week? Any other single issues um, you would like to mention? Still haven't been able to catch up. There's a lot of books I want to, I want to, I want to catch up with my friend Steve Orlando. That's yes, Midnighter. His, in his big gay adventure. Um, I've been playing too much Mario Maker. What's well, as, as good a, as good a what's it is, as anything, isn't it? Segway. 
it's not a segue. It's more just words. A segue is a little scooter thing. It is time for checking in. <laughs> checking in. This is Bar Show, and Eric and I will discuss about discuss talk about what we've been up to during the week. Talk about nerdy things. Mm-hmm. Eric, what do you want to talk about? What do I? I have to go first. You're the one that's dying to tell me about video games and video games. Okay. I'm just giving you an option. To... I'm I'm going to talk about getting drunk and making robots. Do you really want me to go first? Sure. <laughs> Most of my uh my trip to New Orleans, I can't really tell you about on on the radio. Oh, okay. I I don't need to I don't I don't need to uh create any more evidence. Right. Um but I don't know if you saw the picture. I did. Of uh, when I scraped off half of my face. I did see that picture. But that happened on day one. Best day for it to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is. It has healed up entirely. I have a little bit of a shiner left, and that's it. Although my hands will never heal, apparently. I have two giant holes still on my hand. But my, my, I've, I have grown a new face. So I have a halfway uh, effective X gene, I suppose. Good, good. But good lord, I I like that city. I've never I, been. I I thoroughly recommend. I I I kind of think that there are like two kinds of people, you know, for for party towns. There's Las Vegas and there's New Orleans. And I am very thoroughly in New Orleans. It is a really awesome place, and it's kind of all I've thought about since I got back. I flew back. I, my, my plane left at 7.30 in the morning on Monday. Ah. Yeah, that was miserable. It's very early. I, pro- I probably slept for the whole three-day weekend. I probably slept about six to eight hours the whole weekend. It was pretty brutal. Oh, but it was it was a blast. Friggin' drank absinthe. And I, I don't know. the uh, I, I don't know what it is about Bloody Marys in New Orleans. They have the best recipe, and apparently everyone... And their mother makes them. They're delicious. They're like spicy and they have pickles in them. And it's for some reason, it's the best thing ever. It's like synergy. It's amazing. Anyway, if you've never been to New Orleans, it is like the best place ever. <laughs> All right. I, I'm a huge fan now and I'm, I'm kind of going to be thinking about it until I go back. I'm sure if I live there, I'd be an alcoholic. Probably best not to live there then. Probably not. You, I don't know. It's it's like real. You can just walk on the street and drink like you're in your backyard. It's strange, but it is a very rad city. It's a I don't know. It's a fun place. It's super fun. That and I've basically sat in twelve hours yesterday. Um, finished up um, into the home stretch of my robot project. Did you see the videos? I did see them. Yeah. It, uh, it, it does what it's supposed to. You, you tweeting at it helped me fix something. I'm glad to help. Yes, you, it was entirely your contribution. I did everything. Mm-hmm. I had to, uh, I don't know, I had, I had done something in a really dumb way and you tweeting at it completely broke it. Good. I'm happy about so, that. Yeah. Well, it, it showed me that I needed to be a little bit more clever. So I tried. We'll see how it works. I'm sure it'll break a thousand times at the the show. I'm sure. The worst possible time. Absolutely. It'll just melt, and then I don't even know. 
But robot's done. He's decapitated next to me with his one little blinking eye. So much. It's it's. I don't know. It's been fun. I've worked on that all day yesterday, and then as soon as I get off of this, I've got to draw a drink and draw a poster. My life is just suffering. <laughs> it's important. It is very important. I wish I had something legitimate to check in with, but I can't just play video games and pet cats all day. You ready to talk about Mario, Eric? I ad- ad- admittedly, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Every video I see about it, like I really didn't give a shit about it. I would have just completely ignored it. And, and until you started to get excited about it, and then I started watching videos about it, and now, like, I, it, 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 it is a system seller. Like, I am going to have to buy a fucking Wii U. Yeah, so I can, for, fo- for I, this. I can follow you, and you yeah, can so follow can me. Send, so we can send each other Mario levels. Yeah, exactly. That's, Precisely. That's exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna happen. Um, I, uh, have, I, I acquired Super Mario Maker on the 11th of September. The 11th of September, the only relevant thing that's ever happened on that day. Only thing that's happened on, uh, on, on the, uh, on the 11th of September is Super Mario Maker. And, um, if somehow you are listening to this and don't know what Super Mario Maker is, it is a level editor for Super Mario. You can make levels for Super Mario, for, for one, three, world, and the Wii U version of Super Mario, uh, 2D platformer. They did not include two because two was weird. Um, but any level you make can be switched back and forth between any of those versions of Mario. Um, it's hard to do it justice just talking about it, mm-hmm. but it's kind of insane what you can do. It's, you, you, you really have to kind of watch some videos and see people's reactions to it and you get caught up in it. I think they've, it's got that kind of, and tell me if, if you see it differently. But it's got that kind of Mario Paint sort of style to the interface. Oh, it does. It has a lot of touches mm-hmm. from that. There's a tons of little Easter eggs and sounds and icons, and they've used they've used a lot of that. Like it's it is purposefully pandering to all those Nintendo fanboys. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 a lot of nostalgia. You're saying? Oh, absolutely. And like. It's crazy. I, I, and I'm, I basically only created levels in one so far. I think I made one using the, the Wii U, the new, new, new one. Uh, yeah, just, the, just, to, the, just the new Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, the new 2D one. Um, I, just to do it. Um, but I basically just made it one because one was always my favorite. Um, oh yeah. It kind of shows you how genius that game is. And all these games have been, uh, you know, they're all pretty, like, one, three, and world especially are all like genius video game design and giving you, having the tools to make them yourself shows you like how, like how difficult it must have been to make those levels, the ones that are so smart. And I've kind of been, I don't know, there seems to be the most, most kinds of levels you see online so far are People just throwing a bunch of crap at it and making it hard mm-hmm. because there's tons of stuff flying around or it's not fair. Like you just start the level. If you don't move, you die. Like I've encountered more than one level where if you don't do anything, you just die to start off the level. I'm like, how that is not Mario. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, I want like fair levels are, are interesting to me. Um, not just fair, but do something creative. Well, yeah. And I, I just, before we start recording, I made a level called Trench Warfare. <laughs> <laughs> Which 
where I was trying to basically have uh, Mario uh, be running through the trenches of World War One. Because of course, of course, there's bullet bills everywhere, and you know there's bullet bills up high, and then you have to go down and in the trenches. There's like Goombas and and Koopas and stuff, and mines, not mines, but you know little things that if you stand on them, they'll you'll die. Um, and mustard gas. I I don't I don't think I've un- I haven't unlocked anything yet that is good enough, like a good enough uh analogy for chemical warfare. But I it once I do, I'll probably edit it, add that in. Um, mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. upload. You can you build a level. You can adjust the length of it. You can throw in all kinds of stuff. Uh, anything you've seen in one three world or the new one is there to add to put in there. And you can do all kinds of stuff. You can make things really big by you just and it's all pretty intuitive. You add mushrooms to to things that makes them bigger. Um, you can put any almost anything you can put inside of it, like a like a, a block. So if you mm-hmm. hit a block, you can put a Goomba in it. You can put a flower in it. You could put a one up or coins or all kinds of things. It's can can you shrink Bowser and put him inside a block? I think Bowser is the one exception that you cannot put him inside of a block. This game is stupid. You can also put in almost anything in a bullet bill so that it will fire almost anything. Like it'll fire like you know Koopas or it'll fire coins. Or, and and you can make it go. You can also no add reason. add custom sound effect uh, if yeah. you want, as well as all, there's a bunch of sound effects that are canned in coming with the game. Um, and in addition to just the level letter, of course, you can play through all of these levels. Um, there is a, a, a version called uh, the Hundred Mario Challenge, where you get a hundred lives and you have to play through a set amount of random levels that they just they just throw them at you. You don't pick through any; you just get them. Um, becomes you know easy normal expert um i've encountered that a lot of levels are terrible but that's not necessarily a surprise uh most people are great at levels but there is a system where if you play a level you like it you can star it and obviously you can filter so you see the levels with most stars you if you find someone making levels you like you can follow that creator and then you'll see you can see all the levels they've made or your friends levels which that as well is a great kind of cool thing um yeah, Eric, buy this game. You're going to love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely sure I will. I just don't know when I'm going to have time to play it. Or if I'm going to stop doing everything but playing Mario Maker. That's the, yeah, that's kind of the thing where you go, you, you, it's, it, honestly, it should have been the game that came out when this thing launched. Yeah. It makes, well, the it, tab- it, would have, it would have been a lot more successful, I think. The tablet is necessary for this game. It makes mm-hmm. sense for this game because you have to use a stylus on the touchscreen to move things around. It like it, it makes sense. I don't know it, like but it's great. It is really impressive. It I could go on and on and on. It's so much fun. I I just want to make more and more and more levels. And I want to make you play them. I want to play them and then die. I hope you die a lot. I won't. I'm no, invincible. None of them are that. I've, I haven't made anything that's really difficult. You And I, sh- I don't think I've mentioned this. You have to beat a level before you can upload it. So every level you see online, the person who made it ha- did beat it. So you know it's possible. Although some of them are real fuckers. Mm. Makes me curse at the screen. But a lot, I, 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 I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm just searching for people who make levels that are interesting. Not impossible. <laughs> yeah. I think, like I said, creativity, pretty important. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's worth, I, I, it is, like you mentioned, it is a system seller. It is 
I, I, and it's like, if like they could just bundle this and call it the Super Mario Maker Wii, like it would just, you know, like have it, the Super Mario Maker be the system, like that would, it functionally the same. It's great. I have all the Mario music in my head. All of it. All of it. I think one of the coolest things I saw someone do is they did a Mario, uh, a Mario one version of a ghost house. Oh, there's tons. Really very, very, very cool thing to see. I, I played a level today, which I was really good, uh, was in a, uh, someone made a prison level where you are escaping prison. That's, that's very cool. You have, you get the raccoon suit and you have to fly your way out, like through the roof of these levels of prison and then fight your, fight Bowser to get out finally. This is, this is the thing, like if you had told like eight year old version of, of Eric, that this was real, I, I I don't even know. I would have lost my goddamn mind. Yeah, I actually my my uh one of the other Eric's his kid has been making. They both been making levels, <laughs> and I've been playing through them. It's pretty interesting to see. I I uh I generally prefer his kids' levels because you can actually beat them in a reasonable amount of time. So he's he's just being hateful about it. Oh yes, absolutely. Is he just, is he terrible at it or is he actually like super good at Mario and you're terrible? I'm not great, but I'm not bad. I'm, a, I'm mm. decent. Uh, I, they're just. I remember making fun of you a lot at MegaCon. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I just like kind of clean, simple, like mm-hmm. they're a lot, everyone's levels are just too much stuff. That'd be my criticism. Just have less. I, I understand. I understand that because everyone just wants to throw in everything. Yeah, let's have 40 Goombas all on the screen. Like, what? you don't need that many. Just have, no. place them strategically to make it challenging, but you don't need all that. It's just and stuff flying at you. I'm like, that's not, that's not a, it's not fun. It's just, look at all this crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I think the Kareem will rise to the top. It's been out for like three days. You'll, yes. Yeah, you'll, we'll see more, the, the best levels. The, t- the top levels right now are all the ones that autoplay. You just kind of stand there and that you go on a roller coaster ride. Oh, the ones that, right, right. You just say like, Rube, you, you Rube just Goldberg. You controller down. Yes, yeah. the Rube Goldberg machines. Yeah, those are the top rated ones right now. And they're fun, but, you know, it's not, it's just neat to watch, but, you know. Yeah, it's not really a level. It's not Mario. Um, should, you want me to talk about my other, I'll talk about this other game very briefly. It's, it's very simple, so it shouldn't take much time, but, um, mobile game from the creators of Crossy Road. It is Pac-Man 256. And in much like Crossy Road, Crossy Road was like basically an endless version of Frogger. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man 256 is a, it has the, uh, official, uh, uh, Bandai Namco license. So it is officially licensed Pac-Man, but it is basically one giant level of Pac-Man that never ends. So you're trying to just get as far as you can. It also has like power ups where you can like get lasers and like bombs to help kill ghosts mm-hmm. as you go. It's very addictive. It's a very good mobile game because it's very simple, but you just keep wanting like it's definitely keeps your attention. These those guys apparently they made boatloads of money on Crossy Road and Pac- this game is the same. It's doing it's really good. They they know what they're doing. The, all these twists on these classic games. It looks awesome. Yeah, it's looking at a, I'm looking at a video for it right now. Yeah, it looks really it's really nice. It, it is Pac Man like it feels like Pac Man and it and it's easy. Everyone understands how to play Pac-Man, but like this thing where you are forced to just keep going, it, it's really interesting. Um, I didn't think I'd like it as much as I do. 
but it's only on my phone. So if I'm home, I'm playing Mario Maker mm-hmm. or Metal Gear for that matter, or Heroes. Leveling up your horse poop. I, I did get the. I, did, I finally got my horse poop. Well, good. I got my dog. I got D dog. You got D dog. He has an eye patch too. That's silly. You got a dog that has an eye patch. Dog patch. I also got quiet, and it's kind of obs- she's obscene. Honestly, it's the worst. <laughs> so bad. Everyone is really upset about her. I mean, it's whatever. It's just it. The worst thing is Kojima is trying to explain the explanation. That was the I worst. Did, thing. I did not read the explanation because I kind of don't want spoilers. Because I... it's not a spoiler. It's just it's super dumb. It's the dumbest. I'm but sure it's dumb. It's really. It's he could have just said. I like looking at na- near-naked women in my video games. I think that that is, that's inarguable. Yeah, I, I, but it's... The whole thing is like, it's a takeoff of James Bond, which is about, it's about, well, Snake is not necessarily debonair guy. They tried to make him that, but they made him Grizzled War veteran instead. But it's certainly about him interacting with sexy women. Yeah. Ha- has Has been... Since Metal Gear Solid, they were a little bit more subtle about it then. I, I will say that the first showdown, like when you have to capture Quiet, mm-hmm. really dumb. It's really good. It's like that oh, whole, really? it's really hard, but really good. Like really smart. Um, cause it's really, it'd be much easier to just kill her. But if you want to capture her, it's really hard. But again, you, then you get her on your team. I have always liked that about, uh, about Metal Gear. That was like in, 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 I don't know, once they introduced the tranquilizer gun, how there was sort of like the game within the game, where there's like the hard mode where you don't kill anybody. Yeah, you get extra points on each mission if you don't kill anyone. Mm-hmm. That's just, I don't know, that's so cool. I've always loved that. And now it's with Pokemon. Naturally. Gotta catch them all. Did you hear that there's going to be a Pokemon mobile game? Yeah, the augmented reality where you look with through augmented your, reality, for look, sure. Look through your phone and you see like a Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention... Um, Super Mario Maker has amiibo support. Yes, so you can play yep. as uh, you you can play as Sheik. You can, and it's this weirdest thing as Sonic. That is, my brain's revolting a little bit. It's really weird seeing Sonic in a Mario the in like the classic NES yes sprite world, but. It shouldn't Sonic. be that. It shouldn't be that weird because like there are hacked ROMs and things. Like people have put Sonic the Hedgehog. For M- for NES emulators, like that's a thing. I know, but it just in you know, a Nintendo product. Yes, it's very. But yes, Super Mario Maker, Pac-Man 256, all the video games that have ever been played. Fire flowers can't melt steel beams. Well, you said okay, it's true. <laughs> They're fictional. Steel beams are real. That's true. Um, and they don't really if they if they're steel in the game, it it was not going to melt. It just goes. Bloom. That's the noise it makes. Oh, okay. Um, you, oh. you ready to talk about some rat queens there? Ready to, ready to queen you. Wait, what? Wait, okay. Uh, checking in over. It is time for our final segment. It's time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work, like you would in a book club, and discuss it in depth. Uh, this week we are doing Rat Queens, volumes 1 and 2, issues 1 through 10. Uh, Curtis Weeb, Rock Up Church, and don't know, I still don't know how to say this guy's name. Step, Stepian Sedgic? That's my guess. Suf John Stevens. Suf John Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, we have, I, we've kind of been on board for, with Rat Queens for, uh, 
since the beginning. I think we didn't we read number one. It's I don't know if we read number one, but we were certainly reading it very early into the series. I think it's a number one that we missed. Either but, either way, yeah, it it kind of has lost a little bit of its momentum lately, just because mm-hmm. of the art of you know the the issue the legal issues surrounding Rock Up Church, and then them getting a new artist, and then you know trying to keep a regular schedule. I, I believe from now on they are actually Eleven just came out mm-hmm. um, with Tess Fowler on art now, and I believe she, she's going to be the ongoing artist, and they are going back to monthly, like it's you know, a more regular schedule, which I think would benefit the book, uh, you know, really strongly, of course. Mm-hmm. It's when you have an issue coming out every three to four months, it's kind of hard to keep up with where the book's going. Um, But that being said, like, I, this is such, it's so fresh and fun. And it, this is what I, it came to me kind of, like, there's a, a kind of a, a good amount of like these kind of books out there right now, these kind of fantasy style books but with with the the weird irreverent humor where everyone says fuck all the time and yeah it feels anachronistic and i realized why i like this and like uh off the time i had skull kickers it's Mm -hmm. a jim zub book that's yeah skull kickers has been around much longer than it it has been but it is similar in that it has that it feels like how people playing D &D have their characters Mm -hmm. act yes like it, in that it's not burdened by kind of the it like the, it's not it it's not burdened by the 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 default flavor text of D and D. It doesn't feel like it's written by Gary Gygax. No, it feels like hey, this like it is set in this crazy world, but these people are like the people you would encounter any day of the week. Mm-hmm. They're your friends. Yeah, they're like your friends. I think that's that's a big part of why I think so many women really like it. Is because it is, I mean, obviously it's centered around these four women characters, but they are so human. And I think this combination of like adventure comics centered on women and it's, it, it feels a little more real. You know, it, it isn't, it isn't glossed over violence like in a Sailor Moon or something like that. It's, it's gory and strange and it's ugly at times. Yes. Very violent. People are, I don't know, I don't know why that people were so hungry for this because people have basically from the get-go have been bananas for it. Like this is, there are not that many issues of this. Like you said, just came out with 11, mm-hmm. but it feels like we've been around the bend with this. Like it, we, it feels like we live in a world where Rat Queens is super entrenched, you know, in the zeitgeist. Like whatever whatever genre this is whatever it's bringing to the table people were starving for it yeah it's something that you didn't realize you needed until it mm-hmm. exists and you're like oh why hasn't this happened before why is yeah, exactly why is this a thing yet why why haven't we put the sexy back in large wholesale slaughter before i yes i you you mentioned you mentioned it a little bit already the the that everyone says fuck all the time? Oh god, they swear so much. Does that ever bug you? Like, does it ever stand out as like, that's too, like, it, it, does it ever pop out as that's not realistic? Like it's being too well, clever? You, you know, you know me. Mm-hmm. That if you were going to put me in a comic book, that would be like every third word that I say. Um, 
I kind of don't like seeing the word fuck on the page. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like it, to me, it means nothing to hear it and it means a lot to read it. It, it carries a lot more weight to me to see it written down. So I don't know if I would, I, I don't know that I would change this about it. I think it, it kind of needs that stupidity. Yeah. I, th- I think that's, I think that's true. It, I think it, it, like, that is a part of the, the, like, the dumb D&D kind of thing, where it's the murder hobos. Like, it literally, like, this is a murder hobo party, where it's just people like, hey, let's just kill everything. Mm-hmm. And it's entertaining, and I don't, it, having smart, I mean, there are really good, well-written character moments in this. Yeah, there, there really are. That's a big part of why it works, is all the characters, they might do weird and random things, but it never feels like it's coming from anything other than a place of just pure, honest character. Yes, and honestly, he, I, they, none of them feel similar. I, that is mm-hmm. one of the strongest parts of that, like, of the four core members, he delineates, Curtis, we delineates between them really well. Like, you never, they, they all look very different. They all act very different. They all have their own, like, their own thing happening. Like, he, yes. he has all of them following their own little story arcs individually, and that really, is a, a strong point of this book in that never go, who's that? Or who, like, I don't, I never felt like, oh, they're the same. Mm-hmm. Or, I feel like everyone in this book is unique. Like, even the, even the supporting characters, like, uh, they all complement the main cast while bringing their own little unique thing to the table. And, and those little side stories actually are interweaved really well, honestly. Like, you, there's still a lot of mystery and intrigue in this, like, to, to kind of, push this book forward as as we go like there's there's still it i don't know like do you feel that it didn't do anything like i feel like it hasn't done a bunch like not a lot has happened but i never very very little has happened and that's kind of why it's so shocking that it is such like an establishment because i mean i don't know like we fight one party of guys you know one one little mini story arc where Basically nothing happens, but it, it feels bigger than it is. Like it, it seems like almost everything that happens in this first arc could be told in one episode of a Cartoon Network show that's about the same thing. It doesn't, I don't know. You get a lot of good character moments though, which is a good trade off, but yeah, I, I, I totally feel you there. I bet I, I don't want to act like I'm, I don't want to say that that's a negative necessarily because I never, I don't, it doesn't feel like it. Like analytically, I can I can recognize that the story hasn't gone very far. No, but I never felt like I, I don't think I, right. More I don't story. Think, mm-hmm. It's it's it right exactly. It's not. It doesn't matter that much because I don't know. It they're getting a lot out of a little. You know, they're just you're introducing characters and telling them well and people are really picking up what they're putting down. So, I mean, who cares? It's great. I do kind of wish that it had gone further and I wish they had been able to stay on track. And I don't know. I wish a lot of things had been different. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know. It is what it is. The book still comes out. It's still excellent. I don't know. We're lucky we have it at all, I suppose. Yeah. I, I wish, uh, rock up church had been able to stay on the book. 
Oh, I, but I, I wish a lot of things about that had been different. Yes, that's kind of basically where it comes down to. It's like, uh, it's not, I mean, it's an unfortunate situation. I hope that he finds another comic. I, and I hope that his personal life yeah. works out. Um, but I, uh, I, I say, I, but I like Stepion set Sufjan Stevens work on this. Sufjan Stevens, yes. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's not the same, but it's still very good. I haven't seen, uh, I, I've seen only, like, the sketches and stuff from Tess Fowler. I haven't seen her full issue yet. Um, but it's not, like, jarring in, you know, jumping to those, the last couple issues where it's different. Mm-hmm. It, I, it, it still looks really nice. It's diff, it is, it, it is different, but it's not bad it, different. It fits. Yeah. Uh, very well, I think. Nothing about it is, uh, really, really off base. I think more than anything, it, it, it almost feels like a radical change in the story because either you're paying attention to another part and then you come back to the damned apocalypse and it's kind of jarring. <laughs> I got a little bit confused jumping back and forth, but, uh, you know, it's not as if any of it's really all that complicated. No. And I think it is supposed to be. I mean, they are kind of engaged, like being given hallucinations because, you know, madness because of these, these Lovecraftian creatures mm-hmm. coming down. So that I understand. Um, and it does give you some good key, just very short, brief, but really informed character kind of information about each of these characters because we get kind of the we get that whole issue about violet's backstory about her shaving her beard um but we don't get really that we don't see any of the other queens as much like their Mm -hmm. their histories we only kind of get it through what we hear about them currently like we get yeah we get we get teases yes i uh I think it's by time. You know, you you end up wanting a lot more. I God, what are their damn names? Betty, D, Hannah, Violet. Okay, Hannah is uh, the the black haired girl. The the half demon. Yes, that that was the thing that I was probably the the most surprised to see reading through this when she revealed her horns. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. No, it's it's really good. That's a good it's reveal. Really interesting, and I I don't know. I this book is very good. They do an excellent job with it. It makes me want to read uh, Peter Panzerfaust. I know you've been a you've been on board since the beginning with that. Yeah, I've read. It's, I, I I've, I'm not I'm not caught up on it, but yes, it's it's Peter Panzerfaust. It's it's completely different, but still uh, really good. I it, the the quality is still there. It's not this in any means, like, you know, it, it kind of shows his versatility as a writer, honestly, that mm-hmm. he doesn't have to resort to kind of curse words and chopped off heads and stuff. It, it, ha- it's much kind of simpler in a certain way. You know, it's mm-hmm. taking a, the, the kind of Peter Pan pastiche and putting that in a World War II story. Um, who is your favorite of the Rat Queens? Eric, I think that's a dumb question, but I'm still going to ask it. I don't know that it is a dumb question. I I struggle to answer that. Um, Betty is the smidgen, right? Correct, which is also She's, a great name for a race. Instead of saying yes. Hobbit or Halfling, which they're not, I guess yeah. he's not allowed to use. Smidgen, smidgen is really good. That was imagine it's like a gnome or something is how I was imagining it, but I guess it makes sense that it's a Hobbit analog Halfling. Yeah. 
Well, really, I like all of them a lot, except for her. <laughs> I do not like her at all. I I don't know. She's like the one that just sort of runs in there to 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 like shout catchphrases and do drugs and pass out. Yeah, they have it. They you get a lot of like with her pursuing the that um. I forget the the woman's name, the character fairy or something like that. Fairy in the early on, like you know, she's her, her, what? What are you talking about? Her girlfriend? Yes. When yeah. when before they are, I I don't know if they're actually that again. The relationships in this are kind of part of the mm-hmm. the the drama, but uh, you see a little bit of characterization there. I really actually enjoy that moment that the page where she is scoping out the merchant's office mm-hmm. because. You see her not as just a, you know, little, little smidgen obsessed with drugs and candy. Mm-hmm. You see her like, wow, she's actually a good at this. She's good at her job. But yeah, I get, yeah, I, she's probably my, my least favorite as well, but I still enjoy, I, I, that kind of just dumb yelling comic relief that it works well in a book like this. Mm-hmm. It's necessary, I think. And her eating, seeing her, seeing, um, Violet as a peppermint butler, uh, I, mm-hmm. I did enjoy that, but I, it's hilarious, it, it's of course. Hard to, you're, it is hard to pick. They're all really interesting. He, they are all have their own really interesting. I want, I think it, I want to say Violet just because she's the warrior and the, she shaved well, I, her beard and I definitely, I, I love that they put beards on the dwarf women. Mm-hmm. I love that because I'm, pretty positive that canonically in Tolkien that dwarven women's like it's it is it is confirmed dwarven women have beards right and I love that they put that in there it's not even necessarily a nod to Tolkien as much but it is you know clearly he he understands you know that that lore mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know he's clearly doing it for whatever weird other reasons but I, but it's, it's great that they do it. It, yeah. it, 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 I don't know. It's so weird and it just, it just adds a le- just something that makes her even more interesting. And, Cause she is tremendously industry, interesting. And I was gonna, I would have actually said Hannah was my least favorite until the, the reveal of, thing. Yeah, yeah, until that I'm like, oh, okay. Now she's very interesting. Like that's, yeah, exactly. And, and that explains a lot that, that, and that, kind of is why it's such a good reveal and that mm-hmm. it suddenly makes a lot of things click into place her behavior mm-hmm. well at that point we she was the one that we had seen the least of their backstory yeah i think that that's kind of a theme amongst all of them um that like you sort of you can't escape your roots you know because that's that um violet d d is her name yes d yeah D says that as much, you know, that she basically decides to become an atheist, even though she's in this crazy, um, this crazy HP Lovecraftian voodoo religion. And invokes its powers. Yes, exactly. Which it, and that's in all D&D too, that all of like the powers and magic, it all comes from like a god, which is, I don't know. That's an interesting twist as well. Well, that's an interesting addition. That he includes in there as well, but um, I don't know that that's definitely an underlying theme that they're tying into all this because you can see it. It hasn't happened to Betty yet, not yet. 
but it's certainly the other three of them, you know, that, you know, Violet is always going to, always going to be this, this dwarf and she either is going to shave her beard or not. You know, she's always going to be that person. She's always going to come from that. You know, Hannah's always going to have those horns. D said, you know, just because I, I can't just unlearn this. This is my culture, even though I, you know, and she, yeah, it's, she even like sees the God. Yes. Sees proof that, that he exists. I don't know. It's very, very interesting. It's complicated in, in just the way that I like. No, it's really strong. A lot more than you would think. What the complication? Well, it's it just works a lot better than you would think. Ah, you think it would? Yes. You you think it could just very easily just be all about boobs and gore? No, and it, and it explores like it's in I think another thing in like the just the kind of open sexuality of yeah. everything, and and like it's not ashamed of that. Mm-hmm. It is not afraid of having uh, a woman wanting to have sex or them discussing it openly or, or, you know, it, it doesn't try and hide that behind a curtain somewhere and kind of hand wave it away that you see in a lot of high fantasy. Like mm-hmm. that, like in Tolkien, like any hint of that is, it's like not. Yeah, the, the, the whole, the whole Tolkien universe is, is, uh, <laughs> Not just asexual, but they're like Victorian asexual, like yeah. pretending to be asexual. Yeah, and that, and like that's, I think why Game of Thrones honestly is pretty popular mm-hmm. is because it does the same thing that this does, in that it is frank about sexuality. Mm-hmm. It is this is the real world, like it feels real. It feel it doesn't feel like stodgy, which Tolkien, you know, high fantasy can and often does. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels very much like, hey, these are real people, they have sex, it doesn't treat it like it's a weird thing, it treats it like it's a real thing. Yeah. Did you ever see that talk? I can't even remember who it was, uh, but she was talking about the the Harry Potter slash that she read, and how that was her favorite pornography, and she gave this, it was almost like a TED talk about Harry Potter slash. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? No. It's very interesting because I think it ties into this pretty directly because apparently a lot of women sort of have this need to like, they, they very much like enjoy the sexiness, but it is so important to them that there's like this whole other life behind things. And that I think is a big part of why this works is that it's not like it's not like, oh, well, we have to show boobs in every issue. You know, someone has to get naked and fucked in every issue. But when they feel like doing it and when it makes sense to the story, they're not going to shy away from it. They're not going to be fucking weird about it. You know, they're going to treat it the way that you're saying. And I think that is, you know, whether by accident or design, that's that's certainly, I don't know. I wonder if he set out to do that from the get-go, you know, if he's just that clever. I don't I don't know, but it is a, a central part of why this book is – like we talked about yeah. when we started about how it feels real. It feels like real people in this fantastical place, in mm-hmm. a fantastical setting. That is a core part of it, and it adds to it. It makes it – like it adds to its uniqueness because you don't see that 
in fiction, let alone comics, very often. And it, again, like why this feels special in a certain way. I do want to mention also that this book is genuinely funny. Like I, it is really humorous. Uh, it's got some great moments, some 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 great some great humorous moments in it. It even like I asked you earlier if like you off like net like even some of this seems like I think if it was any other thing else I would roll my eyes at some of the stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But it, it works somehow despite that. Like the towards the end when they're you know they're charging to uh to to fight um what's the guy's name the merchant guy uh Garrig I believe when they're you know they're fighting through his army and the guy's like oh no it's all the rat queens plus Braga plus Lola plus all and like we're gonna need an army and the other guy's like uh we have an army and what the guy says um what's he say I want to I want to say it I want to. I want to actually say what he says and not just what I remember it as. Looks like it's in issue nine. Yeah. Get me there. Oh, he yes. uh, uh What the hell are you on about? We are an army. He says, oh, Brad, 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 Brad. You are so fucking dumb. Like, that he doesn't understand. And, that, that, and I think in most other fiction, if I read something like that, a conversation, mm-hmm. I would roll my eyes. I enjoyed it. I generally, I was really fun. I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's self-aware that they're minions. Yeah, exactly. I, and I think there was, there's just enough of that self-awareness in this to, like, Mm -hmm. to not take itself too seriously, but still keep you invested in the stakes. When someone gets hurt or is gonna, or is killed, you, you feel it. You definitely, it, it's not, oh. Right. You don't, you don't, you don't discount it. There's so much story to be told this. I know. It could literally go on forever and ever. Well, not literally, but it could figuratively go on. It could literally <laughs> go on for a very long time. Yes, exactly. And I would be happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm content with a world that always has rat queens in it. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to discuss, Eric? Mm. I feel like we've covered a lot. We have. I would not recommend this to children. I would recommend it to all children. I'm going to jail, by the way. Oh, okay, good. It's, but pretty much, uh, again, it's one of those books where non-typical comics people might like this mm-hmm. because it's so different from established, you know, nor- relatively established comics. And it what- has, it, it has, I think, a lot of the same things that make, uh, Saga such a, such a darling. Yes, that's true. Including people with horns. Oh! That's the connection. That's it. Rat Queens is like prehistoric saga world. Boom. So, folks, uh, that was Rat Queens, volumes 1 and 2, issues 1 through 10. Uh, we like it a lot. Not secret that we like that a lot. Next week, we are uh, going outside of uh, the normal, our normal pure purview. Uh, of what we generally read, but, uh, I thought it's a good idea. It's a webcomic that I've enjoyed. Uh, it's, a, the book has done amazingly well. Um, it is, uh, Hyperbole and a Half by Ali Brosh. It is literally reviewed by Bill Gates on Amazon. <laughs> Bill Gates likes this book. You should read it too, but we are going to discuss it. I've, uh, I'm really excited to, I always like it when we do things that are not like things you don't buy at comic book stores. I think it's it's always fun when we do that. So 
I'm, I'm also, I'm genuinely interested in what Eric has to say. Cause I am, I am interested in what I'm gonna say too. <laughs> But that is, again, Hyperbole and a Half by Ali Brosh. Uh, the unfortunate situations, flawed coping mechanisms, mayhem, and other things that happened is the subtitle. I don't, I think the, the, the main title is fine. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to say 120 words. I don't want to have to read a whole tweet every time I read the title. Um, mm. I think that will wrap us up. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Everything you need. Uh, from us, it's there, new episodes, etc., etc. Um, we are on iTunes and anywhere else you can find podcasts. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review, subscribe to us. It helps us out, it helps new people find the show. Uh, we definitely like that. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour, Twitter at HBC Hour. Uh, you can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MixmasterSerial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can find me by going to FreeWillUnlimited.com. That's where my portfolio lives. You can you can go to EricZGoodnight.com and see most of the things I get up to online. And while you're at it, you can tweet at me. I'm at MrBadExample, spelled M-R, bad example. So with that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.